This is an announcement. The following transmission may contain mature content and language. The information provided within, while researched, is from non-experts. Listener discretion is advised. Well, just what is your business? Monsters. Monsters? all you monsters out there and welcome to the outer limits the show dedicated ish to weird true crime and paranormal occurrences oh my god why (laughs) you have no idea how much effort i actually put into finding like terrible greetings (laughs) it's like kind of sad how much time i spend looking through lists that's just um i don't i i also think it is probably the whitest thing ever that there are actual full-blown lists of fun cool quote-unquote ways to say hello yeah yeah that is that is super white and i say this as an incredibly white person myself that is unbelievably (laughs) white makes me laugh like i love that there that these lists exist I feel like 1990s Brooklyn is calling saying, hey, what you doing? That's ours. Leave it alone. <laughs> uh, I love them so much. <laughs> okay. So as, as you guys all know by now, I hope, and this is your first time listening, here you go. I'm Ty, and this is Z. Hello. And welcome to the Otter Limits. Yeah. Our format's a little bit different than our usual right now because, yeah, it's just us. Yep, just us on our lonesome. Hmm. Just the two of us. Just the two of us. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so, so uh, you listeners will have to put up with our particular form of banter when we're alone. We're all by our lonesome. All by myself. <laughs> <laughs> this is our typical banter when it's just the two of us. So. Yeah. It, it was one of those things where there was just everybody had scheduling conflicts and it's the first week of fall, people. Everybody's trying to find a new place to muff dive into some leaves. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't use the phrase muff dive. <laughs> How about everybody's gone pumpkin spice latte hunting, so they couldn't be here today. There we go. <laughs> they got their uh, yoga pants and Ugg boots on or just on the hunt. <laughs> I can't even talk because I'm such a basic bitch. It's really bad. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like literally sitting here drinking chai tea. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With my giant round glasses. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I can't seem to fit into my yoga pants anymore. That's just so disappointing. I know. They made my ass look fantastic. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, so this is our 11th episode on ghost hunting, which we have titled... Who you gonna call? Yeah. Ghost hunters. Uh, Wow, I am in a singing mood today, aren't I? (laughs) 
I'm fine with this. So this is actually going to be split up into two episodes for you guys. Yeah, we have a lot of good topics we want to go over with you guys, and we know we're going to take a lot of time with it. Yeah, so even though this is like a little bit of a... Actually, it's going to end up being a different format all around, because we're going to split this up into two, and we don't have a guest. You'd think that it would be shorter with less people, but alas. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. We can't do that here. No, we have to be really weird. We're just more long-winded when we don't have a third person to keep us in check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fair. I can go yeah. with that. Uh, but yeah, this is going to be part one um, of who you're going to call for ghost hunting. And then part two will be coming out next week. Yep. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed. <laughs> okay. So since this time around, it's just the two of us. We don't have a third appendage. We're going to be going over some of our normal kind of background information for ghost hunting. I have an awesome true crime that has to do with ghost hunting this Ooh. time around. I'm really excited about it. Okay, yeah. So look forward to that. Yes. And then we're going to pop back over to Ty again because he has some personal experience. I do. I have some genuine ghost hunting experience under my belt. I used to do it quite frequently. So I I have a couple stories but I, uh, there's one that actually has some really cool paranormal activity associated with it. So that's the one I'm going to tell you guys. Sweet. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I've heard that one or not. Have I? I probably told you whether or not you remember it. Is it? It's true. It involves a set of lost keys. Yeah, I don't know if I remember that one. All right. I have terrible memory, just so everyone knows. Yeah. Half the time people talk to me and I'm like, yeah, that's great. That's awesome. I'll remember this in two seconds. What? Huh? Where am I? It does make you a really, really good audience because I could tell the same story. Like as long as I wait like a couple months. Over and over again. And it's it's always new. Yeah. You're like, like, oh, that was a cool story. And I'm like, I told you this like five times, but hey, cool. Yeah. (laughs) I suppose that means that my life doesn't ever get boring because I can never retain enough information for it to do so. (laughs) Something like that. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. And this is going to be uh, an interesting episode for you guys. I'm very tired. Because it is bedtime for me. And Z just woke up. She's in that morning tea sugar high. Yeah. <laughs> so when we're done here, I'm going to go to bed. And she's going to go about the rest of her day. I got to go grocery shopping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, it's my excitement for today. <laughs> the one problem I have with a podcast format is you cannot see the expressions associated with what she says. <laughs> I have a very animated face. <laughs> it does its own thing. I have no idea. <laughs> Half the time I'm like, click. Here's the face you're making. Like, what? It's I look true. like that? <laughs> I was making what? what? Why? I know, it reminds me on Twitter yesterday. There was a person on Twitter that tweeted. <laughs> okay. The basically the only thing keeping her from committing any crimes is how terrible of an angle that they're gonna do in the docu series when it comes out. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> because you know, like it, every time they do like the courtroom or whatever, the people that are on trial just look terrible. <laughs> yeah, it's always from the worst possible angle. They look horrible that day. Like, and so she's like, "Yeah, that's pretty much the only thing keeping." any of you alive (laughs) (laughs) i can't deal with how i look if that's not a sociopathic thing to say (laughs) i started laughing i ended up retweeting it i was like yeah that's that's fair i did notice the terrible angles on most docuseries about that yeah so let's (laughs) let's get background info 
let's get into let's get into this. this. So <laughs> my secret hope has been that we will be a little bit more focused and in our information we give to you won't our tangents won't be as off the rails, but I forgot it's the two of us talking and well, I'm sorry. Maybe it isn't Dusty that gets us off the rails. Yeah, maybe <laughs> maybe it's us that gets everybody else off the rails. We always blame him, but maybe not. <laughs> yeah, so uh, Dusty, sorry for blaming you about the stuff that we do ourselves. And I know you're listening. I'm just going to continue to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I can't blame him because he really does make it worse. Even now, he's not even on this episode. <laughs> And he's still derailing our conversations. Thank you, Dusty. He doesn't even need to be present. No. The spirit of Dusty Day is with us. He's our ghost host. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. So, actual episode. So, ghost hunting. So, what I wanted to go over with you guys at the beginning is kind of get you into some definitions on how I personally break a lot of stuff down. And this is merely just for convenience sake. So when I say something and we have a context, so you know how I'm using certain words. So the big thing I want to tackle is what is a ghost? When you say ghost, it could mean fucking anything. I mean, I guess. Okay. So the way I I typically break up, like ghost is like the big thing. It's like, I don't know what it is, but it's definitely not of this world. It's a ghost. Okay. Like, that's like the big heading. Mm-hmm. And then under that, I I've, I typically split it up into two categories. So I have like spirits or shades is how I break those up. Okay. So like under ghost, we have the next, like the branches coming down, one side spirits, one side shades. And for me, like shades are the what I have found. To be the most common. Every time you say that, I'm just picturing a ghost with sunglasses on. <laughs> lame. Oh, so lame. <laughs> shades. Just like sunglasses, just the shade of it all. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just throwing shade. Just like a super sassy ghost. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, but what I mean by a shade is it's the imprint of a deceased person. Okay. It's a separate thing. It's usually created during a traumatic or violent death. But the big thing about it is that it has no ego. That's about the best way I have to explain it. Its only purpose is after the imprint is made of the individual who died, whatever their objective was, whatever they were about in life is typically what they continue to go through. So like if they're angry at the circumstances in which they died, you get like the vengeful ghosts, the angry ones. But it This is bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. But it is distinct from a spirit. Because it's not the soul or whatever. It's just an imprint of that energy. So essentially whatever strong emotion they're kind of locked in a loop. Yeah. So and I find that those are typically most of the apparitions that you're going to deal with are not actually the soul or spirit of the individual, but it's typically just an imprint of that individual in life when they died. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, they're commonly seen as like aggressive or the forlorn kind of spirits. Like the suicides typically have a lot of that associated, all that negative energy. So they, they have those those spirits that are like. Just the depressive ones, like you, the ones like, I just feel really sad when I go into this room. If somebody's aware of 
the energies in the room. They'll typically say that. So or like if a pet won't go into a specific area of the house, stuff like that. I call those shades just because they're going through the motions. They're a construct of what that person was in life and at that moment of death. So basically, they're literally just stuck in their loop. There's no reasoning or anything with it. Yeah. Okay. So that that's what I consider to be a shade. And honestly, in, in my experience, that's typically what most hauntings are shades. They're not actually spirits. In even our experience, there were three different shades in the house we were living in. And so like there was one that was almost like a butler and it just all it did was basically stand in the bathroom and stare at everybody while they're taking showers. It's, I don't think that's what butlers do. <laughs> what kind of butlers have you been around? But, Should we talk? Well, no, do no. I need to call an adult for you? What's happening? Like It wasn't like staring into the shower, but it was like right next to the shower. So it always had that presence. Okay. I remember getting a vibe of that shade and I was just like, whenever you feel like that really creepy presence when you're taking a shower, just tell it you're okay. You don't need anything and it should go away. And after I told our roommate, just say those words. Every time they did, it went away. It's like it was just there to be helpful. That is all, Jeeves. I'm sufficiently lathered and naked. We're good. Well, like, you <laughs> Go know, about your business. Holding a towel or something. And it was just really <laughs> strange that that was one of the spirits. When it died, it was just trying to be helpful. And that was the mm-hmm. animus in life. So when the shade was created, that's what came out. Yeah. So that's what I mean by a shade and where typically most hauntings comes from. And one of the last main portions about a shade that I want to talk about is that they're able to gain energy over time. So it it takes a while for a shade to be able to do anything because there's not enough energy for it to use to start mm-hmm. affecting things, giving you like that weird vibe or, you know, cold spots like in like poltergeist level activities. And, like It takes time for them to gather up energy. And as they get older they tend to gather more energy to them to accomplish whatever it is that they wanted to do. Do you think that they kind of gather the energy from like the people that notice them? Either from the people that notice them or the emotions around them? Yeah, because I would assume that like the people that experience a shade like that, like the fact that they are experiencing it and it's kind of like giving it more attention, which then gives it more power kind of thing. Like if nobody ever noticed it, then it might not. And I also feel that they do tend to gain energy from just being around people with emotions. They're able to pick up on the energy of that emotion and gather that towards themselves. Well, interesting. Like, so if they're an angry spirit, if they were somebody who died horribly and they want revenge on their killer, the house ends up having a lot of like anger in it. So, you know, angry dad or angry mom or, you know, any teenager, lots of anger in those. So. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a lot of anger in teenagers. Angsty teen didn't. Whereas the way that you put that just made me think of that meme where it like slaps hood of teenager. This baby has so much anger in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like, that's where my brain went when you said that. <laughs> like the tone it was great. Yeah. So, I mean, but like even just having the same emotional energy that the shade needs, mm-hmm. it can pull that into them. So if there's more anger in the house, if it's you know, a broken home or violent home that those shades that may be in that area get drawn into that energy to kind of feed and get stronger mm-hmm. in order to carry out their animus, mm-hmm. which is why, you know, when you're in a happy home, you typically don't really deal with a lot of hauntings or shades. I mean, you might have like a ghost in there, but they're usually chill. Like, yeah, I'm cool. I'm just hanging out. having some fun. Just kicking back with a little drink. <laughs> so we're good. 
we're good. Yeah, no. <laughs> we're cool. Go do your thing. I'll do my thing. I just, I had a good time. I died in a good way. We just hit a chill. <laughs> so they do gain energy over time. And that's why like, you get like the older shades typically have more power because they've had more time to draw on energy and emotion towards them and get stronger as they go. So question for you. Okay. If you died and became a shade, like what would be your ideal, you have to relive this moment for the rest of time? Okay, I do have to make a correction if I left a shade. Yes, if you left a shade. Oh, what would be my ideal? Shade life. Shade life. Yes, hashtag shade life. (laughs) Hashtag shade life. Let's start that trend. Wow. (laughs) Ooh, I don't know. Maybe, well, obviously the 13-year-old in me goes, girls locker room. Uh, But... (laughs) (laughs) I'm being honest here. The eye roll that I just had was just so intense. (laughs) Just popped out of your head, rolled around on your chair and popped back in. It was was a pretty intense one. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, but honestly, I think my ideal shade would be alone in a cabin in the middle of the mountains. I feel like that's a good one. Just to kind of like live out existence. Peace and quiet. Yeah, and that tranquility. You know, and I also can see myself becoming that like angry, vengeful shade for invading my cabin. <laughs> so that would be your ideal is that you'd have a cabin all to yourself and you'd scare away everybody else. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like, <laughs> You're like, how do you pass the time? Get off my porch. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that gets referenced like every other episode. <laughs> <laughs> Either get off my porch or get off my property. <laughs> get off my property. Yeah. So that would be my ideal shade life and then now i have to turn that on you what would be yours let's see i'm honestly unsure too i think if i had to live out the rest of existence as my shade in print what i'd probably want is like probably somewhere in oregon to be honest because i want ocean and forest Hmm. but if i had like a house somewhere right in between forest and beach where i could like stare for lonely for for lonely Forlorn. Forlorn. Forlornly. 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 Forlornly out into either the beach or out into the forest areas. I think that would be like a good way to live out existence. Well, not live, but. (laughs) Unlive. Unlive existence. There you go. Uh, but yeah, I think that would be awesome. Just kind of hanging out. I, I'm not going to lie. When you said that, the image that I got was a lady in white. And that's what I was kind of thinking too. Lady in white with like the long flowy hair, even though I have short hair. Um, <laughs> it somehow grows. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hair grows after you die. <laughs> but I was a vampire, at least according to like old vampire lore. We, we, we did cover the actual reason for that in our vampire episode. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. So scientifically speaking, your hair does grow. No. Quote, unquote. Visually grow. Okay. There we go. After death, because of all the water and stuff leaving your system. Yeah, all the uh, <laughs> tightening of your skin, pushing yeah. out, pushing out the hair follicle, all the way out. So it it has the appearance of growth, even though it's actually not growing. Your head's just shrinking. <laughs> <laughs> There's an image. Anyway, so 
tighter skin, smaller head, and longer hair. There you go. That's the ideal for every beauty queen, right? Mm. (laughs) Anyways, so. uh, Yeah, that would be my ideal shade existence. But that being said, though, for all of you listeners out there, if you want to tell us what your hashtag shade life would be, (laughs) hit us up on social media and do hashtag shade life and we'll look it up. We'll share some stuff. We'll get in some conversations. We'll probably talk about it next episode. It'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. Because we we do enjoy interacting with you. That's my favorite part of this is being able to interact with people. Like, that is so cool. Especially like-minded people that are also into weird shit. That's my favorite. Yeah, there are a lot of us out there. A lot more than you realize. Okay, so, on to my next heading is a spirit. And what I mean by spirits in my totally arbitrary, nobody ever has to use breakup system. (laughs) (laughs) So when when I say spirit, what I typically mean is the spirit is, is that soul or anima and, you know, that life force. Because I'm trying to be secular around here for all of you uh, non-religious people. So try not to throw in any religious overtones. So basically the the core of a person, like an actual person. Whatever it is that animates a person when they're alive. So when I say spirit, that's what I mean. Is that that remains on this plane of existence rather than crossing over to whatever comes next. If something comes next. But they end up getting stuck here. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, whatever happens when someone dies, whatever that thing is that animates us and gives us, you know. (laughs) That got real convoluted there. (laughs) But I was like. (laughs) So we go over to the blackboard here and I will explain every point in detail that you don't need. (laughs) (laughs) So. So basically, <laughs> simply put, it is the it is the energy that animates us during life and wherever it happens to cross over to it doesn't and get stuck here. There we go. I think that's a good layman's term. <laughs> that, that's a succinct way of putting it. Yes. Okay. And one of the major differences between a spirit and a shade is that it does have a self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And I do have to clarify that a spirit can also cross back. So there, that's kind of what usually sought after when doing like a seance or, you know, using Ouija boards, you're actually trying to contact a spirit of a person. You're not trying to contact the shade of a person. You're trying to actually contact whatever is left when they die. Mm-hmm. So and it gives them an ego. So they're able to adapt and change over time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like I said, there are, there are spirits. That are distinct from shades because shades are solely bound to this place that we live and they can't ever move on or go anywhere. They can only be exercised and dispersed, but Mm -hmm. a spirit can be encouraged to cross over. So when you're dealing with hauntings, that's one of the things you do. You either, if it's a shade, you would dissipate their whatever energy their anger or sadness to get them to basically not be an issue anymore. But if it's a genuine spirit, you basically have to get them to let go of their attachments and move on. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the major distinctions. And that's why I separate them in that way. And another fun thing about spirits is that they can, there are some that are able to cross over easily. So when you get those feelings of a loved one that like your grandpa who died 
or your grandma or, or a relative, you know, that like you just, you feel their presence and like they're there to comfort you or to help you through something. So it's basically like the difference between yelling at a lamp and mm-hmm. yelling at a person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of. <laughs> you get it though, lamp, lamp shade. Yeah. You, you get it? You get it? I got it. <laughs> I got it. Oh man, this is this is what you're gonna have to deal with the rest of the episode, guys. I deal with this on the daily. Although the difference is, you volunteer for this. I'm stuck. It tickles me a little bit. I like my stupid chunks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But also in that vein, I do want to say like uh, some cultural significance for it, like honored ancestors. It's kind of a good way to think about the spirits who cross back over. Mm-hmm. So like, well, there are a lot of tribal systems that revere ancestors. And so I don't typically spend a lot of time on spirits because it's usually something very, very different when dealing with ghost hunting. So I just I threw that in there so you understand what I mean in the distinction between shades and spirits. In my experience, most of what you encounter during ghost hunting are shades and not spirits. Because mm-hmm. if you do experience something with an ego while you're ghost hunting, you are in a very, very dangerous place. Not fair. Yeah. If it's not friendly, for sure. Well, just in general, if, if you don't understand the distinction between a spirit and a shade when you're going ghost hunting and you encounter a spirit and treat them like a shade, you're in a dangerous situation. Mm. We get, I mean, imagine if you were trying to talk to somebody and they were treating you like a fucking table, like talking to you, like, look at this thing, like, like you have no awareness. Mm-hmm. That would piss you off. So basically, like, it's the equivalent of talking about someone while they're in the room. Yeah. Yeah. Or being a girl on Tinder. Hey, mommy, how you is? <laughs> yeah, let me get them digits. <laughs> hey, here's a picture of my penis. And then we wonder why a lot of ghosts are like, get out. <laughs> 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 they don't have the they don't have the option to unmatch. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I can't block them. I just have to get out. Yeah. So again, so like, that's why I do make that distinction because most of the time you're going to be dealing with shades and not spirits. And, but if you do encounter a spirit and not a shade, try and treat them appropriately because shit, um, you don't want that in your life. <laughs> you really don't want that. So that, that's my, my spiel on my, how I break up ghosts. And so like, I, I will refer pretty much from this point on to ghosts as shades mm-hmm. <laughs> in my head i'm thinking like because you've said spirit and shade so many times i'm going to put like a different type of shade and a different type of spirit every time <laughs> so like lampshade little sunglasses <laughs> oh god no ah. <laughs> okay <laughs> like alcohol speaking <laughs> speaking of types Here's a good segue. Types of apparitions. So I didn't want to talk about this because, again, ghost haunting is largely about whether or not something's there. If it is there, what is it? What's the label for it? So, again, it's also why I make, did the distinction before. Um, We don't label here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Anyways, so types of apparitions. So I, I stole this list straight from Ghost and Gravestones because it was a pretty good list. On this list, we have interactive personality. They label this as these ghosts can be friendly or not, but they can 
often show themselves in a variety of ways, can possibly become visible or speak or make noises, touch you, or even, and this is going to sound weird, but emit an odor. So like regular people. No, but seriously, like regular people, they can make noises, they can smell sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but we're dealing with typically shades here, so. But what I mean with like a metanoter is like a perfume or like cigar smoke to let you know like they're there. So not like fart? Mm. Typically, (laughs) if they weren't, if they were like a heavily flatulent person in life, then maybe. Like, oh yeah, that's Uncle Morty's fart. Okay, that would be horrible. That would be something that my that would happen to my brother. He's <laughs> like, oh, 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 that that's my brother's fart. Oh, he's here in the room with us. Oh God, he's doing it again. <laughs> okay, so just to put things in context, guys, my brother is a personal trainer, and so he has the worst protein farts I have ever encountered in my life. It is bad. Like, so bad. And he thinks it is so funny. And it is not. (laughs) And so, like, if, God forbid, knock on wood, my brother ever passed and I, like, randomly smelled a protein fart, I'd be like, he's here. He's with us. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, Oh, God. Oh, man. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> so, but no, more like, you know, like grandma's perfume kind of mm-hmm. situation. Because hey, I've actually had several friends who have experienced like they know it was was their, their grandmother because they, they smelled her perfume. Like, and mm-hmm. I've actually had several people say specifically, I knew they were there because I, I caught a whiff of my grandma's perfume. Mm-hmm. Like, and I've heard that several times. So stuff like that or like cigar smoke because my grandpa always smoked cigars. Mm-hmm. You know, and like typical, or the the smells that you would associate with them mm-hmm. is typically what exactly. it means by like my note. brother's protein farts. I mean, <sighs> yeah, I same mean, thing. <laughs> I I think there are many many other ways for your brother to let you know he's there to comfort you, <laughs> other than yeah, that's um, the most that's the most iconic smell <laughs> for him. <laughs> I don't know what I would smell like though. I don't really wear a lot of perfume. Yeah, me either. Yeah, I've never, I've never smelled perfume on you, Ty. <laughs> You're not really a perfume kind of guy. I mean, not unless I was, I was like really close to somebody with like heavy perfume. Yeah, true. Because I know that I know there have been a couple times where like I was with a friend and they they just doused themselves in perfume and I gave them a goodbye hug and when I came back, you're just like, "Whoa, who are you hanging out with?" Why were you like hugging Aunt Rita? <laughs> I was just like, no. I think if you had a scent after death, it would be like Axe. What? Yeah, no, totally. I like Axe, the Phoenix one. That reminds me of you every time I smell it. I I would think it would be Irish Spring. That too, because I do think of you whenever I smell Irish Spring, because you use that. I do use that. But I remember, like, those are, like, the two iconic smells that I associate with you. I'm like, I don't, like, I use, like, really low scent stuff because I'm a massage therapist and I don't want to trigger any kind of respiratory response in my clients. Mm -hmm. So, like, I always try to make sure I don't really have a scent. Well, then it was coming from your hair. (laughs) Damn you, hair! 
You betrayed me again. <laughs> the next, the next apparition is the ectoplasm or ecto mist, mm-hmm. as the way they've this site broke it down, and so they call this goopies. Vaporous clouds usually appear several feet off the ground and can move swiftly or simply stay still, kind of orbiting. Uh, ghostly encounters have been captured on many videos and in photographs. Like the mist can be like white, gray, or even black. What? <laughs> you just had this look on your face. <laughs> I was just listening. Yeah. So um, you were just like you went really quiet and still, and I was like, "Yes." <laughs> sorry, uh, the spirit possessed me. Um, That's what it looked like for a second because you just like slowly. Started dropping the papers and then just like stared. <laughs> ah. What's happened? Is there something on my face or behind me? Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> no, no, nothing behind you. Except for my bag of cheeses. <laughs> True, that is bag. <laughs> and so the ectoplasm or ectomist, I personally have an issue with calling them an ectoplasm because ectoplasm is essentially the building block of most apparitions so if something is visible it's typically would be made out of ectoplasm Mm -hmm. is one of the theories behind it so i i don't enjoy having one apparition that's called specifically the ectoplasm well isn't ectoplasm as well when you see stuff like oozing out of walls or whatever and then it disappears yeah so like atoms but for ghosts yeah, it's any kind of otherworldly material that gets projected here. Yeah, building blocks of ghosts. Like there are mist-like apparitions that show up that you'll you'll see in ghost hunting, because I mean that that happens quite frequently, and those could be mm-hmm. the actual apparition. If they were like mist beasts or mist forms, I could definitely get on board with that. But I can't get on board with the ectoplasm. Like, huh? What do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if spirits that are just like little balls of fuzz, if that's like people that use like way too much hairspray or something. <laughs> <laughs> you, just, you just see the mist. <laughs> the hmm. mist that they left behind. <laughs> Gotta get the Aquanet. Aquanet! Woo! <laughs> that's what I was thinking too. I, I always immediately go to Aquanet though, just because it's it's like such a Mexican thing. Yeah, I yeah, I was going to say it's because you're a Latina. Um, <laughs> I know. It's just like that's the hairspray because it's cheap and it like, Holds your hair. My goodness. It's like putting super glue in your hair. Right? <laughs> Aquanet ain't for bitches. No. Only the serious bitches use it. Right? Uh, <laughs> like my dad. <laughs> my dad's a serious bitch. He uses Aquanet all the time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but speaking of like those fluffy balls, uh, that's actually a specific category of orbs, mm-hmm. which are pretty common. They're the most photographed type of anomaly. And they appear as transparent or translucent balls of light that in photographs that are usually white, but they can also be blue. So basically, probably 80% of the time, dust or lint. <laughs> yeah, I was about to bring that up. So a lot, a lot of the explanation for many, many orbs is that it's actually just dust in the air and it just catches the reflection. Of the flash. So if you catch an orb nine times out of 10, it's just dust or lint. Mm-hmm. Or something on the lens. <laughs> and yeah, so that more current... Ghost hunting orbs are generally discounted because we have found out that they are just pretty much dust. Mm -hmm. There are orbs that are genuine apparitions, but they're typically visible to your eye as well, not just your Mm -hmm. lens. And so 
moving beyond the orbs. That's an interesting phrase. Beyond the orbs. Moving beyond the orbs. That sounds like that should be like a catchphrase or something for our show. Moving beyond the orbs. Yeah, I like our Join us on the Otter Limits, moving beyond the orbs. Mm, Season two? Season two? (laughs) (laughs) So I like that. Like the Otter Limits 2, beyond the orbs. Right? Okay, so the next type of apparition they've labeled as funnel ghosts. Mm -hmm. So they're usually in old homes or historical buildings. The funnel ghost is typically like that vortex of cold spots, and they can also take shape of a swirling funnel appearing as a wisp of light or a swirling spiral of light. They can often be caught in photographs and videos. Was it um, Casper? Was it that movie where you get the tornado of ghosts? Yeah, uh, but it's just, again, a lot of times like those vortexes of cold, like where you just feel like that spiraling cold air around you, Mm -hmm. that is one type of it, but they're also kind of similar to the mist apparitions, but they're also like more vortex forming rather than just like a blob of mist. Maybe that's the name of our third movie. The Other Limits 3, The Ghost Vortex. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Lastly, on this list, we have the poltergeist, the one we all want to experience until we experience it. Then we realize it's a terrible idea to experience. <laughs> so, <laughs> i.e. the movie that I always think about when I see raw chicken or a staticky TV. Mm-hmm. The literal meaning of a poltergeist is actually noisy ghost. That makes sense. <laughs> that was so anticlimactic. Right? We go through all the poltergeist, poltergeist, noisy ghost. Bueller? I was not, Bueller? I, was not expect- <laughs> I was not expecting that at all. I was like, I don't know if you noticed my face when you said that, but I was like, yeah. kind of disappointed. <laughs> You're just like, that, that feels like such a letdown. Expecting something a little more epic. <laughs> yeah. No, it's literally noisy ghost. Okay. Really on the nose there, so hmm. yeah. There, there's a big letdown when you when you know what it actually is, but it's also because they're said to have the ability to move, knock things over, make noises, and manipulate the physical environment. So noisy ghosts <laughs> slam the door, push things <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> Poltergeist, noisy. That's being super noisy. That should be the name of our episode for. Poltergeist episode. Just noisy ghosts. <laughs> noisy ghost. Yeah. So obviously, you know, the loud knocking sounds, lights turning on and off, doors slamming, even the occasional fire breaking out mysteriously have all been attributed to poltergeists. Also, the other frightening aspect of a poltergeist is that the event usually starts out slowly and then begins to intensify. Get that feeling like you're actually going crazy. Like, is this happening? Because it'll start out with like that light tapping noise. Like, Hey, how's it going? Or like slight movement. Something will just kind of move. Like the door just slightly shut. And then it grows in intensity if you don't get the fuck out. That sounds about right, yeah. Until essentially, yeah, they're basically screaming at you, slamming shit. Yeah, those are fun. It's like a toddler trying to get your attention. <laughs> mm. Just like starts out with just patting you, trying hey, to get your attention. Hey, hey. And then, ma, mom, ma, mom, ma, 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 Yep, and then like <sighs> 10 minutes later, after you've ignored them for too long, they're like, Mom! <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, kind of. But instead of mom, they're saying, <laughs> get the fuck out. So a toddler with more anger, foul language. <laughs> kind of. Yeah. Uh, but I, I will say the big thing about poltergeists is that they're actually incredibly rare. Mm-hmm. So that is one of the biggest notes about poltergeists is they are super, super rare, but they are obviously the most fantastic to have yeah. experience. It's what movies are based on. Yeah. And obviously sensational. Mm-hmm. You only want it until you've had it. I personally don't want it to begin with, but that's just me. You hear that, poltergeists? No means no. Mm-hmm. Consent is key. Don't want it. When you get into like amateur ghost hunters, people who haven't really experienced a lot of the supernatural side and the paranormal experience, one of the things that they'll typically say is that they, they want to experience poltergeist. And if you have anybody around who's ever actually experienced a poltergeist, they just look at them like they are the dumbest people on the face of the planet. Mm-hmm. It's like, why the fuck would you want that in your life? It's because that shit's scary. Like, that's terrifying. I think I've only ever heard of, well, I mean, I don't know if you would, would you still consider it a poltergeist if someone, is, or if like stuff is just getting like moved around and doors being opened and lights being turned on stuff like that? Is that, is that still considered a poltergeist or is it like only if it's like throwing stuff? No, uh, a poltergeist is any spiritual entity that gets to a certain level of physical manipulation. Of like moving things around. Yeah. Right. In that case, I've only ever heard of one, like, funny, friendly one, but I'm going to save that because that's Phil's story, and I want oh. to come on the podcast and tell it. So yes, yes. It's my favorite. <laughs> like I said, I've experienced poltergeist. It's actually my story in our introduction. That's technically a mm-hmm. poltergeist-level activity. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the busting of the light. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a progression. It did start out quietly and get to the point where the... I mean, it might have gone worse, but I was already out the fucking room in a tie shape blur. Just gone. I ain't staying around for this shit. Mm -mm, No. (laughs) Fuck the shit I'm out. Fuck Fuck this shit I'm I'm out. Fuck this shit I'm out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I feel like that should be our theme song. (laughs) (laughs) Just fuck Fuck this shit I'm out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so Poltergeist, again, we will more than likely have our own individual episode talking more specifically about Poltergeist. This is not that episode. So so more details to come. Yes, look forward to our future broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> Noisy ghosts. So before I begin this next section, I do have a disclaimer that I want to read to you guys because I'm actually genuinely serious about this. We are not endorsing ghost hunting as something to do. Investigating rundown buildings can lead to injury simply from unstable construction and always, always obtain consent of the landowner before attempting any investigation. Mm -hmm. Any investigation. Consent. Don't go around raping no houses. Exactly. Oh, no. No, no. Oh, seriously, though, guys, like just be safe about it. You don't want to end up in a position where you could be hurt and injured, like for one, for yourself, and for two, like that's a liability to the poor person that 
owns the property. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could be just like doing their thing and then suddenly they get hit with some kind of craziness just because you decided to go into an unsafe space without their knowledge. Yeah. And um, and I can I can say that with some experience too. So yeah, um, and there's also the flip side of that. If you're in like a rural area where a lot of abandoned buildings happen to be, that land is owned by somebody, and That's true. they are protective of their land, and you can get shot. It's true. I've personally had a very scary experience with something like that. Granted, it wasn't ghost hunting. Yeah. My uncle and my sister and I are all photographers. And so we decided to go and drive out into the middle of the countryside, find some random like abandoned houses and take some really cool photos. So we're just kind of driving around, taking some cool shots of some rundown places. And we went into one of the houses, took some photos and left. So it turns out a neighboring farmer saw us walking around the property. And so he called the landowner. And the landowner's son took it upon himself to drive after us. And he very aggressively pulled out in front of our vehicle, turned sideways in the vehicle to block the road, got out of his truck with a shotgun. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And us not knowing anything about what's going on, we just see a crazy person with a shotgun coming after us we like booked it in reverse went into a cornfield fucking high speed chased it away from him all the way back to the main highway and we had to like call the cops we had to pull over and talk to a cop and report this and it turned out that he was quote unquote trying to make a citizen's arrest because we were trespassing yeah so which i mean obviously we should not have been trespassing Conversely, he should not have reacted in that way because that is very dangerous and uncalled for. <laughs> so, you know, take it from me. Just be very careful about those kinds of things. Get the consent from the landowner. Mm-hmm. Communicate that stuff. I mean, some people are really fine with it. Some people know that it is very dangerous in certain areas, so they would prefer if you didn't. Um, you just don't want to end up in a legal yeah, you don't want to get arrested for trespassing. You don't want to get arrested and you don't want to cause yourself or someone that you love injury. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So you would actually be genuinely surprised at how many of the landowners are comfortable or cool with you going into those buildings if they're still sound enough for people to go into and do an mm-hmm. investigation. As long as they know that you're going to be doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So consent is very, very key. Mm hmm. So having said that, <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> and end disclaimer. Yeah. So um, like I said, my last little bit I, I really wanted to talk about in this portion was the gear of ghost hunting. Because what's a ghost hunter without their gear? Because it's real easy to get trapped into all the crazy gadgets like you see on all the shows. And there's a lot out there. So Mental Floss did this really good article is like seven devices that you actually would find useful on a ghost hunt that are pretty cool. And then give specific devices if you want to go look those up. And if you're interested in ghost hunting and you don't have any equipment, it's a they have a good site with a lot of links and why you would buy those particular items to break it down. Simply, we have obviously you need like a digital voice recorder of some kind 
Mm-hmm. So you can capture EVPs, also known as electronic voice phenomenon. Those are creepy. They are indeed. Those are some of the most like terrifying things that I think. Yeah. And so those are, I would say, you know, about half of what you're going to get in any kind of like evidence-based investigation. That's going to be largely what your evidence is for anything. And there is EVPs. Mm-hmm. And you can even get like stuff without meaning to, too. Like I know there's a guy that goes to my dad's church. Mm-hmm. He uses a voice recorder to record when he's studying. Mm-hmm. So he'll be like studying the Bible. He'll make like voice recorder notes as he's going so he can kind of refer back to him. It's just something that he does. He was doing that and he started hearing knocking on the walls in his room. So he's trying to figure out what the noise was. He's kind of looking around. He doesn't really find a cause for it, doesn't think much of it. And then when he went back to listen back to the recording that he had done, he could hear voices on the voice recorder that weren't his, that were like saying stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't remember what they were saying, but it was super, super creepy when he was telling me about it. And this is a guy that's like obviously super, super Christian. And so with that kind of stuff, he doesn't take it very lightly, you know. Um, but really <laughs> interesting. I was, I was literally like listening to him, like, tell me more. <laughs> like, this is the only time I've ever paid attention in church. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, don't let your mom hear that. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I listened to some other good stuff too, but that was one of the times I was actually like, yes. Tell me more. <laughs> oh. Super interesting. (laughs) Yeah. EVPs are your large portion of evidence that you're going to get. Like you don't necessarily need a digital voice recorder, but they are the most sensitive as far as microphones go. But you can get those on like a video camera and other kinds of devices that have audio recording in them. Mm -hmm. But a digital voice recorder is usually really good because if you're doing an an actual investigation, you can kind of set it to record and walk away. Mm hmm. Do you think a digital voice recorder is better than like an analog voice recorder, like a tape one? Well, that that is actually a pretty subjective opinion because you have two schools of thoughts on that. Uh, There are people who believe that the analog is better because it doesn't create electromagnetic interference from all the processing that goes on. Yeah, because it's it's more analog and usually people have better luck with more kind of old school stuff with ghosts i feel like well okay again like i said there's that two... and it picks up it picks up more white noise too doesn't it yeah as a, a method of its recording so the school of thought is that for those who prefer the analog is that it's you know it's there because it doesn't create its disturbance on its own so it's easier for shades to communicate but there's a growing school of thought that the digital is actually easier for them because it has something for them to manipulate into a voice so they can kind of pick out portions of the audio better. Yeah. More of. Well, so I mean, so they can uh, use the magnetic field created by the digital recorder and manipulate that in order to create the sound rather than trying to create use the magnetic strip. Wouldn't that cause more question, though, if you're like manipulating it too much? Well, not like the shade or the spirit can manipulate oh, it. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about one person edits it. And I was like, no, no, no. Wouldn't that mean that like it's not really a true EVP if you're trying to like make it into something? No, no. Uh, like for the spirit it, and shade to manipulate, it's easier for those. Because there's more there for them to right. manipulate. There's more energy okay. available for it to manipulate. Uh-huh. So those oh. are kind of the differing thoughts. 
whichever I'm not here to say either way. Whatever you think you get the best EVPs on, yeah, do you. I was about to say, you do you, boo-boo. <laughs> exactly. The digital voice recorder is one of your best tools in investigation. But on top of that, there's also the digital camera with night vision. Now, this one's actually pretty important for the night vision. Because in the night vision, one, it allows you to be able to look around a room without destroying your night vision. That's actually kind of big, especially if you're in like abandoned buildings, which have a lot of debris and eat trip hazards. So you can actually use the camera as your lens to as your eyes to kind of walk around a space. Plus, because it uses infrared light in order to record those images, you can pick up a different spectrum of light than regular video. So you're able to pick up different frequencies and maybe get a better image or a clearer image. Mm-hmm. So like shadows and cold spaces. Your mm-hmm. your apparitions, your your shades can easily are a lot easier to show up in infrared than they are in the visible light. Mm-hmm. So that's why the night vision is important on your equipment if you do have a camera that you're doing. Night vision is key. Mm-hmm. And it's also good for capturing unexplained light anomalies. If you have enough money to invest into this, then you could obviously get a really big setup of equipment you know you can set up a camera in every room and a voice recorder in every room and walk away and let them do their thing yeah fancy Mm -hmm. or you know if you have like a group of five people and each of you brings a recorder like brings video camera that you have Mm -hmm. you don't have to front all the expense yourself if you have two cameras you know you could set one in a room that you think is pretty active and have it record for a while you know just catch what's in the room Mm -hmm. without you in there and then you know when you go back to go over your evidence again you could like Oh, shit, look at what happened when we were gone. (laughs) These last ones are things that, honestly, I've never worked with when I was ghost hunting. Like I've used a digital voice recorder. I've used a night vision camera. And largely for mine, what I was doing, and because it was mostly just for kicks and grins, that's all I needed. You don't even need a camera if you have a voice recorder. You don't need a voice recorder if you've got a camera. You can do it with like bare minimum. If you are interested in ghost hunting, don't go in thinking that you have to spend like hundreds, thousands of dollars on all this fancy equipment in order to have you know good results. You, know, you, you just get a voice digital voice recorder for like 20 bucks at the <laughs> thrift store or something and you're good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's all you need. Or like get an old video camera out of the closet if you have one and then just use that. You don't need all this fancy stuff. Yeah. Having said that, getting into the fancy stuff. <clears throat> <laughs> you don't need all this fancy stuff, but, but if you want fancy stuff. <laughs> indeed, if you want fancy stuff, let me recommend some really good ones to you. So you got <laughs> a, an electromagnetic field detector, so like an EMF detector. Um, they're usually pretty common with electricians because they use that to diagnose where things are, like check out where fuse boxes are. Or if something's on and it shouldn't be. So those get used quite a bit by them. But the thought is that ghosts also produce fluctuations in the EMF field. And it's a very subtle thing. So if you're seeing blips on your EMF detector and you've already ruled out there's no power going into the place, there's nothing on. Yeah. So That's a key portion there, guys. You got to debunk. Yes. You do have to figure out if there are any sources. So like if you're 
even in your recordings, you got to figure out if, you know, if it wasn't you, if it wasn't somebody walking like two streets over that you suddenly happened to pick up, you do have to do some debunking on your stuff. Yeah. So I, you can't sit there and be like, oh my gosh, there's so much ghost activity right here in this spot and you're standing next to a microwave. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> you're, you're standing next to a microwave you turned on because you wanted some hot pockets. You think that's the ratings are off the charts, guys. Oh my gosh, that's so ding. Ooh. I have hang. Yeah, no. That's oh my not. god, I want a hot pocket so bad. <laughs> and you're in England. Do they have, have you been able to find any there? Uh I don't think that I've seen hot pockets here, but I've never really looked. Mm, fair. Fair. Anyways, so EMF detectors. We're still on this. Um <laughs> Yeah, so obviously, like, they're just little detectors you get, and typically the cheap ones you find will just have a, a gauge, that like a needle that kind of goes back and forth, and that's your indicator. And, you know, again, you always go in and rule out if there's electromagnetic fields already in the area, if there's, you know, massive power lines, maybe. Strong EMF fields can cause uh, hallucinations or a, a feeling of being watched, a paranoia. And that's just EMF fields in general, mm-hmm. not including, you know, apparitions of any kind. So, yeah, so just you want to make sure that you're ruling those out before you start going, oh, look, it's going crazy. Like, huh, maybe it's that, uh, yeah, uh, radio tower over there. It's like a ghost two rooms over like, that's not me. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> yeah. like what, what are they talking about? Like, I'm over here. Look at that. It's right over here. It's going crazy. And it's behind them like, you blind? I feel like that's like the voice that we have for every ghost. <laughs> what, bitch? Are you crazy? What, <laughs> bitch? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah. Um, so, so far on devices we have that you can use, we have our digital voice recorder, a digital camera with night vision. Again, can't stress that enough. And an EMF detector. So, one another good tool that you could use is an infrared thermometer. I don't think I've heard of that one. Yeah, when I was checking out this list. Is that like the gun? Yeah, it's the the laser gun. gun? Yeah. Oh, okay. The one that looks kind of like a scanner from Walmart. Yeah. (laughs) Or set phasers to stunning. Flashback. Sorry, I I had a a Walmart flashback when I used to work there for a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that. PTSD. You missed my joke. Yeah, because I was stuck in a Walmart flashback. I know. You were having like a war flashback, and I was over here like set phasers to study. Yeah, that's a good joke. Yeah, no, no, but I'm I'm sorry. I was just over there like holiday, Christmas, Walmart, Twitch, Twitch. Working any retail or during Christmas is yeah, fair. Or Thanksgiving. <laughs> Black Friday is the worst. <laughs> yeah. So with your uh, stunning laser settings, basically it's a good way to kind of check for cold spots, either verify or rule out that there's a genuine temperature change, even if you feel like you've walked into a cold spot. Oh, okay. So if your body's lying, then you can use the instrument to make sure. Yeah. Like, oh, I just walked through a cold spot, pull it out. Oh, no, that that's not actually there. Again, there are two kind of schools of thoughts on this one, too, is that if you feel a cold spot but there is no corresponding temperature change it can be an indicator of an apparition 
Or the other school of thought is that it kind of rules out an apparition and that it's all in your head and that's psychosomatic. I feel like so much things as far as ghosts and stuff like that is so subjective. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, yeah, but it could mean this, but it could also mean this, but we could all just be hallucinating. Like, (laughs) Uh, maybe, maybe we shouldn't have had the mushroom pizza. No, those mushrooms tasted funny. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, there is a lot of subjectivity because it's not a real science, even though there have been some people who have tried to make it a science. We're dealing with something that is kind of universally rejected by science. So it's really hard to make that legitimate. Mm -hmm. Because they're like, what do you mean ghost? You mean hallucinations that are caused by people just believing in fairy tales? Sorry, that that's my scientist impression. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I mean it's it's one of those catch twenty twos. There's a lot of things in, that are like scientific instruments to help quote unquote prove a theory, but it can also be used to disprove a theory. So yeah. it's it's just like anything in science. Yeah, you know, much. there's there's not enough information for us to know one way or another because we can't get out of our own experience to experience the spiritual plane. So Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So there's your infrared thermometer. Really fun one is motion and vibration detectors that you can use. Uh, you do see these on like the professional TV shows where they'll, mm-hmm. they will set up like a motion detector in a room. So that way they know that they need to go there and film something if it goes off. And, but, uh, and this is a direct quote from Mental Floss. Please, this is not me saying it. When a motion or vibration detector goes off, you can, and I quote, Send the unluckiest member of your ghost hunting crew to check it out. <laughs> so basically, when Zach Baggins sends like specifically one member of his crew, I can't remember the guy's name, but there's one dude that always gets the short end of the stick and they're like, yeah, go stand in that room in the dark by yourself. OK, mm. thanks. <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Because this isn't me because I'm not that asshole. But <laughs> Zach Baggins is <laughs> on another note, it also helps identify when in your hours and hours of recordings you should maybe pay attention to. Oh, that's that's a good point. That way you're not pouring through every piece of footage so much as you you have like markers of yeah. when motion was was detected so you know where to look. Yes. So if you hear the motion detector beep, you're like, oh, okay, there was activity around here. So you kind of can scrub through the footage. It's a way to just kind of focus your resources. So like Mm -hmm. something happened over here. We're not near there. Let's go there so we can kind of see what's going on. Even though I kind of feel like that's like closing the door after, you know, the chickens get out. You already missed it. The activity just Mm -hmm. happened. That's why the detector went off and you missed it. Mm-hmm. The running back mm-hmm. seems kind of fruitless. Yeah, fair. I suppose that's what video cameras and recorders are for. Yeah. And okay, I'm also, part of me has this image of this maniacal child shade just constantly tripping off the motion sensors and running to another room while, and just leading him in this merry chase around the haunted house. <laughs> Can't catch me on the gingerbread man. Whee! <laughs> now over here. Now I'm over here. Now I'm over here. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that was, that's a fun tool that if, if you are considered, you might want to think about grabbing if you can afford it or if you have access to it. 
as a way of like kind of demarking if you have some footage and stuff. So you, if you're recording one room because that's the most active room, that way you can kind of say, oh, something happened here. I can see the light on the footage and something you can easily focus your investigation. Mm-hmm. Anyways, the last two are really kind of niche products, but they can be useful. So you have the binary response device. So it's like a yes, no box. Like when a, like it can trip a light that says yes or no. Is that what it is? Or yeah. What is it? Something like any kind of binary response that is able to give like one way or the other. Mm-hmm. So like in some cases, like you can have it as a simple meter going back and forth. Yes, no. Mm-hmm. So you can ask. If any spirit that may be there, you can ask it like a yes, no question. Like, are you here? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) That's an easy yes. (laughs) And, you know, she can get into those binary responses. Is it this or is it this? If they want to communicate, you can kind of coach them through how to respond on your device. Like there's several different boxes out there and it's really hard to try and describe them all in a short blurb. So, I mean, the easiest way is like it just has a way to indicate yes or no. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. And sometimes that could even be like a pendulum, if we're being honest. So it doesn't even have to be a major like electronic device. You can just kind of have a pendulum free swinging that it can manipulate and push in the direction it wants. Mm-hmm. Like things like mm-hmm. that are also a binary response device that are pretty low tech, but can work. Okay. And the last piece of incredibly optional equipment. Is a ghost box. Is, is that the um, spirit box? Is that yeah. Maybe? Well, oh, okay. ghost box, spirit box, you know, depending on who makes it is called. So like a ghost box or a spirit box is essentially like a catch all term for a device used to verbally communicate with a spirit. That one's my favorite. This yeah. one's my favorite one. I like the spirit boxes. Yeah. So a lot of them will like continually scan radio frequencies up and down the mm-hmm. spectrum. So it's like a white noise generator but it actually scans the frequencies and then it enables you to be able to listen to disembodied voices so again like uh you can simply listen for the disembodied voices or yell questions into the void and hope for an answer from beyond like zach baggins zach baggins (laughs) (laughs) like come on (laughs) it's so true though that he's just like such a bro about it yeah, he just calm, like, calm it down, dial it back, <laughs> dude. <right>? Ah, <laughs> because I am an audio engineer. Feel bad for the audio engineer who has to go through that footage just because he's yelling all the time. Because out of nowhere, he, <laughs> and you're just because for those of you who don't know, an audio engineer basically spends any time they're working on something typically buried in headphones. Like that's all they do. So Zach Baggins and his screaming randomly at the spirits to do something is like rip headphones. Ah, I feel so bad for that engineer. We're just like mm-hmm. trying to listen to like those quiet noises. Like, ooh, ooh, I think I got a good EVP. And then suddenly he's like, what the fuck are you want? Like in the back. And it's just like, because they're listening so closely because EVPs are usually so quiet. And then just that screen comes right into the headphones and you're oh, trash your ears. Yeah. He's an intense individual. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. A little bit. So, <laughs> I do not recommend taking the aggressive no. take on ghost hunting. Like that to me is so just 
over the top. <laughs> yeah, over the top. There's no reason to piss them off. You are literally in their home. How would you feel if some dickhole just showed up and started screaming at you in your home? You yeah. didn't invite them. They're not there for you. No. No, that's just rude. Could you imagine someone just like walking in through your front door and just starting to scream at you for no reason? <laughs> you know, I no, wish. Again, again, no wonder why you get a lot of EVPs of get out. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I wish I can say that that is a hypothetical situation for me, but I have experienced that on a couple of occasions. Or someone just randomly came into your house and started yelling at you. Yeah. So yeah, not a hypothetical situation for me. I know exactly what it's like. That is why I'm very courteous when I'm ghost hunting, because I've experienced it. I was about to say, you <laughs> sympathize with the spirit. I do. <laughs> I do. And maybe that's why there's always quiet around me. They don't really <laughs> talk around me. They're just like, nah, he's, he's chill. We cool. <laughs> but yeah, so those are seven of the interesting devices that you can use on your ghost hunting expeditions. Cool stuff. Right? And obviously, if you are interested in ghost hunting, there are a plethora of avenues for you to see or experience people going through and ghost hunting. Like, there's, like, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters International, and, like, it's 12 spinoff shows. They're everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> All the things. All the things. Yep, so... That is basically what I wanted to tell you guys today on this episode. That was like, you know, a lot of kind of cool information. <laughs> all, all the cool stuff that I found, because I mean, I don't want to hash out the stuff that you guys have probably heard, you know, a thousand times already. There are how many podcasts devoted specifically to just ghost hunting? Yeah, there's tons. So this is the Reader's Digest version. This is how, how we want to differentiate ourselves. It's like, hey, yeah, here's some equipment. Here's some, here's some stuff on that. Here's a way to kind of break up this, the apparitions and how, how do I categorize them so that, and that's what I do like about that list from uh, Ghosts and Gravestones is that the, in that list is pretty much every apparition you can basically come across. So they're all kind of like everything you can kind of encounter is there and has a label that you can attach to it. That's kind of cool. So that's why I like that list. I may disagree with the ectoplasm, but... <laughs> It, but it, it is a genuine, fairly common occurrence in ghost hunting. So yeah, it needs a name of some kind. Mm -hmm. but, yeah, so that that's me. And that's my stuff. Sweet. All right. So I guess since this first portion of this episode has been so information packed. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry. I'm, I'm a bit long winded. <laughs> we hope we didn't put you to sleep, guys. It was all good information, though. So thank you, Ty. Well, yeah, you're welcome, but good's a subjective matter, but okay. <laughs> but yeah, thanks so much for joining us, guys. We're going to go ahead and end it here for this time around. So tune in next week, guys, for the second half of our Ghost Hunters episode, where we'll actually go over my true crime case and then Ty's personal stories. The good stuff, yes. yeah. The stuff you're actually here for. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we'll just tease you all because, you know, we've come back after a break and we want the good stuff and we're like, no. No, not this week. Mm -mm. No, next week. This is the appetizer. Mm. Like the, the dry, blooming onion. Mm. <laughs> and then next uh, week is going to be like the wet, meaty bits. The entree, if you will. I don't know how I feel about your description. <laughs>
was it the blooming onion that threw you off? I was watching a video on Facebook earlier of blooming onions, so I have it on the brain. But yeah, blooming onions that kind of threw me for a loop. But then you went meaty bits, and I'm like, mm, no, the wet meaty bits. Yeah, that part. <laughs> no, I felt like it was apt. <laughs> it, it is an entree, but uh, not necessarily in food. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys can check us out on any of our social media platforms at The Otter Limits. Or you can hit us up on email at theotterlimits at gmail.com. Yeah, slide into our DMs, into our inbox. Let us know yeah. what's up. Yeah, so if you guys have any good stories you want to tell us about some paranormal activity, strange occurrences, or true crimes that you know about or have been a part of, by all means do so. And when we've accumulated enough, we will have our second This Just In episode. Yeah, super stoked about that. So yeah. hit us up. Oh, and a, a quick thank you to the people who've already sent us stuff. We really do appreciate it. And again, once we accumulate enough, we will have that episode and you'll be able to hear your stories from us. Yes. So don't get discouraged if we haven't read your story yet, guys. We apologize for the delay. We just want to make sure that we have enough material for all you listeners out there. It will happen. You just have to be patient. And since you're listening to this episode, you've been patient. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So I guess we'll catch you next time, guys. Yeah, we will see you later, you little monsters. We'll see you on the otter side. This has been a transmission from the Otter Limits. Do not forget to like, comment, subscribe, or review for more tales of... Suspense. Long ago there were three pigs, little handsome piggy. Talking is real hard. Right? Like, real hard. Okay. <laughs>